What's good, y'all? It's KJ. I'm from Virginia, but I've lived in a lot of places. And I'm Nick. I'm from Brooklyn. We met when we were teenagers and basically grew up together. And you know, through the years, we made some mistakes. I mean, probably more than we can count. Yeah, for real. And as we travel and navigate adulthood, we may not know much, but if there's one thing we do know, well, I guess it's that we don't really know nothing at all. This podcast is for getting it together, opening your mind, and cracking up a little bit while you're at it. I know we're all trying to survive, and sometimes we don't know what we're doing, but we're here to remind you, we'll we'll figure figure it out. Keep rolling, 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 rolling. Oh my God, we definitely listened to Limp Bizkit last night. Dude. Was that two nights ago? We listened to Limp Bizkit. Nookie, the what? So you can take the cookie. <laughs> and what's funny is like, oh my God, I think Limp Bizkit is. I feel like I went back to that and was like, this is suck. This sucks. It's like you know, like I used to love it, and then like went back again and was like, oh, this fucking white dude rapping, like trying yeah. to whatever. But then when I listened last night, I was like, no, like there's like a lot of hip hop influence in there. It like gets like metal. Like there's. there's she was kind of good. Hell yeah, that in together now with Meth and Man cha- changed the whole night. Oh, significant my God. other. It changed the whole night. We That's both true. had the album artwork as a poster. Yeah, yes, you had to get with it. You had to freak on a leash. That's corn. Ooh, but yeah, but we went down that anyway. rabbit hole. Yeah. Anyway, well, today, today we are talking about music. We're gonna say that again because y'all ain't with us. We're talking <laughs> about music and like thank god because savior (laughs) right how bad do i need some more of that in my life all of it like for sure for sure um i think like i don't the we wanted to talk about this because obviously things have just been like so tough we're musicians there are no shows you know what i mean there are some shows but like you know but you know we're not like making money and moving and making moves you know like 2019 and 2020 looks very different you know what i mean so it's just like we were just like you know what let's talk about music because it was just like bright in my soul yeah like we're definitely trying to figure it out figure out how to enjoy music and how to reminisce how to bring up new records that maybe we haven't listened to before how to thrive in music how to remember some shit and how to like i don't know just use it to Fuel your soul. It's a little the, therapy. Yeah, one of the best therapists. I agree. Is our good old friend, Miss Music. <laughs> I almost said Literally. Mr. Music. I know and me then too. I was like, it's obviously a woman. What no, you, exactly. What are you talking about? Exactly. Yes. Miss Music. <laughs> Coming at you. Excuse me, Miss Music. <laughs> well, I, so I just feel like I really just want to talk about, like, I want to, like, go down memory lane Ooh, I love that and lane. just like yeah and just like talk about like I don't know like what was your first family memory first family like with memory with music or like like you know you think of a song like you you know something that like reminds you of your family mm-hmm. music that reminds you of your family yeah like this like really old gospel song when I go to heaven I used to sing harmonies with my granddad in his old old Oldsmobile when we were going to choir practice when I was little <laughs> I couldn't tell you how the song goes now, but between that and like, um, I would have to say like Sweet Baby James from from uh, James Taylor. Mm. Those are probably my earliest, earliest childhood I memories. I love it because it sounds, it feels so, I just love that it feels so like 
like country, like you're like in this old Oldsmobile and we're like singing these like gospel, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like yeah. rock gospel vibes and just like, I don't know, just like amazing. And you're just like totally. in the middle, like in deep Virginia. Like it just, yeah. it was, you know, it's kind of dope. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. Cause he was a barbershop core or like choir singer. So that was like his life, you know? So I remember those being really, really good times. Yeah. Super good times. What yeah. about you? That's sick. Um, I don't, you know, like I, I grew up with a jazz musician in my house. So like, you know, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I there's a lot. I think, you know, like song for my father, Horace Silver. Like, mm. I think of that because my mom was liked that song a lot too. Like, you know, we heard that a lot, and that that was one of those tunes that like made me think, oh, I'm kind of like into jazz. Like, I'm yeah. into, I'm into music. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. What about your? The first song that you makes you think about like your childhood friends. Mm. Childhood friends, a couple, a couple, but I'll keep them short. Childhood friends, I would say, I can't stand the rain. <laughs> Hell yeah, Missy Elliott was my shit. My homegirl Anna, R.I.P. We used to go in. That was probably the first song I knew the lyrics to. First hip hop song, other than "It's All About the Benjamins." <laughs> but then, I mean, really, I keep breaking heart because oh. I was like, that was my shit. <laughs> that was my shit. Like, I, I would say, it. five to seven years old. You couldn't tell me nothing. Achy <laughs> Breaky and Billy Ray. It was like, over. Don't in my heart. Oh yeah, my Achy Breaky heart. That's the one. That's it. it. Is, is, I just don't think they understand. Right. That accent yeah. really is in there. I didn't oh, yeah. create that. And if you tell my heart. Oh, my gosh. That's yep. amazing. That makes a lot that's of a sense. crazy song. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I think about, like, no scrubs. I'll never forget, Ooh, my, that's I'll never forget my fifth grade prom. Yes, my fifth grade prom. <laughs> no scrubs came on. All the girls were lit. And then afterwards, also, like, who does this for 10-year-olds? Afterwards, you remember No Pigeons? Definitely. <laughs> Afterwards, no pigeons came on. So yeah. I don't want no pigeons. Them be the girl. And all the girls were like in the middle, and all the guys ran around us in a circle singing the song, like all around the As gym. As if like, you were pigeons. Around. I didn't even think about it like that. You know what? <laughs> they herded us like pigeons. like Literally. And you know what? No, sir. I'm no. The, exactly. It's miss music you, to you. you. Right. It's miss music to you. You see what I'm saying? That's yeah. the sh- It starts from young. The mm-hmm. shit starts from young. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think like let me ask you like, what's your first concert that you can remember? NSYNC. Oh, that's a good. It was one. amazing. What? Where was it? I I don't remember. I feel like we went to like Jersey or something. Like one of my mm. homegirls. I went with like my friend Joanna. And was like, it a really big show? Like they were selling oh, out shit. Oh, it was uh, definitely a huge like, at the height. Yeah. I mean, I thought Nelly was gonna come out. Like I was. <laughs> oh my god. Like, I was like, if I see Nelly, like, I will freak. Side note, he better win Dance with the Stars. (laughs) I haven't watched any of it. He better win. Damn, in sync. Yeah. I would have loved that. I never saw a boy band. Oh, yeah. That That, was good. Yeah, that was super lit. That was super lit. I'm thinking of mine. I'm like, dang, I think mine was Bonnie Raitt. Um, I don't think she had an opener, and if she did, we I wasn't paying attention. Also, like dope, and shout out to your mom for like taking oh, you to go hear some real music. Totally, <laughs> at like five years old, Walnut <laughs> Creek, That's Raleigh, great. North Carolina. Never forget it. Can tell you, I had on black cowboy boots with a little turquoise. <laughs> I had my chick jeans. Oh my! God. I don't even know what the like C H I C. 
oh chick God. jeans, and I had this little cute flower cardigan that was like pastels. I, I had a matching headband. Oh, that's oh, that's amazing. Sit on the seats that's the amazing. whole time. Oh yeah, girl. She had a, um, a red hot electric Fender guitar. Mm. Never forget it. Never forget mm. it. Never forget it. I, now I think about it, I'm, I'm sure my first concert was like at the Village Vanguard or something like that. You know Hell what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, I'm sure it was awesome. some 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 spangalang. Right? What about your first CD that you bought? I don't really, you know, if, if I bought her, like, I got the CD, it was sixth grade, and that was probably, like, the Corn Limp Biscuit days. Mm. Like, you know, I was really into Ludacris, so, like, that, I might have gotten some Ludacris, like, you know, as far as the first like word of mouth, yeah. Um, no, uh, yes, word of mouth. That's that because yep. chicken and beer came That's later, after, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, it was word of mouth for sure with the big old fro on the yep. That's the record, man. That's the record. Yes, these are good. These are great. What about skate rink? Okay, we all went to the skate rink. You know, I've been waiting for this one. Okay, I know that you are very <laughs> pumped to talk about the skate rink, but like, let's talk about. The fact that the skate rink in Brooklyn was so dangerous that, like, my mom was like, you can't go to the skate rink. Because, like, what ages were you going to the skate rink? Well, I never went. Oh, that's what you're saying. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Like, it was like, no, like, you're, it's going to get shot up. Shit. Okay. You know what I mean? But there were people that used to go to Empire and it was lit. And I think I could have went and been lit. But, you yeah. know, I was just a little, it was a little strict. But I feel like it was I when I wanted to go yeah. was, like, between... I wanted to go, but from like fourth grade to tenth grade, I wanted to be going. Yeah. I just wasn't allowed. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure by tenth grade I could have just gotten up. Because my years at the skate rink were young. Like it was after school for us because I went to like a um, daycare and we would go on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays to the skate That's rink. That's a lot after of skating. School. What did Absolutely. they play? So what, what were they oh, playing? Oh yeah, why Ace of Base? Oh shit. Oh yeah, and then like what else? Um, I mean, Billy Ray was definitely up there, but. Another night, another dream, another old lazy. It's like a vision of love seems to be true. Oh. <laughs> you remember that? They played that? No, my gosh. Um, Be my lover, wanna be my lover. <laughs> that was my shit, too. Wait, it's this a is, beautiful life. Oh, this, whoa, is, whoa. this is like 90s. Like, Absolutely. Night at the Roxbury. Like, yes, I night was there. Like, now that's what I call music eight or something like Absolutely. that Absolutely, like, that was me at skate town that's skate amazing. town danville virginia still around oh my god there was a crowd there when i was there a month ago <laughs> oh my god i was like y'all know that's inside and i know y'all ain't got no outdoor skate rink i know y'all ain't got <laughs> put no outdoor your mask skate on rink. they ain't doing it moving on <laughs> miss music is what this episode's called <laughs> we ain't talking about that Idiots. today nope Mm-mm. but you love know. the skate rink yes skate town good memories i love it i love it i love it well we're really talking about music because obviously we love it, but we are like trying to pursue these careers mm-hmm. in music, which, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's been very interesting. Like I, you know, I am, I'm a musician, I'm a composer, I'm an arranger, mm-hmm. you know. What uh, made you choose those things, do you think? Or what made you want to do music? I uh, probably, of course, my grandfather and like growing up, always just like going to shows and growing up around like instrumentalists. That was, you know, but also just because like, I, I don't know. I just I just have always loved music. It just for some reason was just always the thing that stuck. And I definitely didn't plan on being a musician. In fact, you know, it was like such a big part of my musical journey was me going, OK, I'm going to do the music business thing. Mm-hmm. I studied music business in school and like, 
you know, you know well that like school for me is um, it's easy. Like I'm good at like I can do the book smart stuff, and it was much easier than practicing to me. So I just yeah. it was like, all right, you gonna do this? You you know, I could kind of like get B pluses without trying kind of mm-hmm. vibe. So like. And I wasn't going to push for the A. <laughs> so yeah. it was like, all right, well, I could just do this and like skate by. But I just couldn't, I couldn't hang, man. I couldn't hang. And it was I still the music and the wanting to be creative. And it was still just tugging at me um, enough so that I fell into a very deep depression. You know what I mean? And And eventually had to like realize that I wasn't on my... I wasn't aligned. Mm-hmm. I wasn't aligned with like my journey, and you know, so I kind of cheers to you. Yeah, for fucking figuring that out. <laughs> it's t- it's tough. It's tough because like you know, like I don't know. Everyone tells you oh, you gotta have a backup plan or this or that, you know. But it was like, bro, like I, I, you know, I didn't even have a break after college. I I literally had graduation, and I feel like a week later I was working, you know, in mm-hmm. in the industry, like yeah. you know. Um, so it's so it just kind of it just kind of happened like that, you know. Yeah, I definitely feel that. I I think I have a similar vibe, and from what you're saying of why you did it, like it's just always been something that's around, something that's worked. I think we were talking about this. I think the biggest part of why I enjoyed music so much is it was the one area of my life that had zero censorship. Like mm-hmm. I was able to request CDs for Christmas or get them myself. And it didn't matter if they were all parental advisory, mm-hmm. even my grandparents, you know, that was my, my grandma and my grandfather in particular were like very much like church going people and, you know, really, really kind of religious and conservative, you know, but I, they didn't care that I had like an R Kelly record. Yeah. I said it. Sorry. <laughs> Or, or like a, you know, an escape record or, or, or even my G unit records when I was really into that, you know, and, and my mom, like, I was like, same thing, Limp Bizkit, Corn, you know, Blur, Dishwalla, random stuff. And then, you know, I don't know, it was just all these avenues, because I danced before I really dove into music full time, but music's always a part of all of that, you know, Mm -hmm. I think I really found some kind of calling from music even in Danville before I moved to some big cities, you know, just it was what got me through, you know, and even being like a now a live event producer and a curator for the revolution and other, you know, musical bills and being a manager and trying to figure out some tour shit and some, you know, sitting in the plethora of being a booking agent sometimes on some gigs, you know, it's like, figuring out how to give back to what's made me feel normal, Mm. you know, and especially to be able to help out my friends, dude, and be able to just collaborate and be around dope musicians is like the life for me, you know, that really outweighed. I think a lot of people always ask me, so if you did dance for like 17 years, like why music, you know, but all of it just, it just outweighed everything, Mm -hmm. you know, I just felt like I finally had a sense of control and like groundedness if I just like, you know, yeah, not to be like give peace a chance, but like give music a chance mm-hmm. in that way, you mm-hmm. know. So I agree, man. I, th- I think it's just inevitable that we're here and that this is what we're doing, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. How do you think you got to that space? Because you, I mean, obviously you danced for 17 years. Then we were in school together. Mm-hmm. We went to music school. So you were singing. And then after <clears throat> college, you were working and, you know, you did the retail thing yeah. and like, you know what I mean? Um, 
which is one of my favorite parts of your life because like I love that you know all like the designer gems and oh my all, god and all those things yes. you know but then like you know you move to New York and I don't know if you know if you don't know um and if you weren't there for Katie's story at least to watch it from the outside um it was pretty wild because you sort of just were like I'm moving to New York and then automatically you had you basically were like starting these movements basically you yeah. know what I mean like you started in the industry immediately after graduation and I kind of had this retail job from being in school at Berkeley and then just transferred out to Cali, hoping something would happen, mm-hmm. singing a little bit, doing whatever. I think it was just, honestly, something had to give. I think it was uh, being in L.A. and having a lack of a lot of things, a lack of community, a, lot, a lack of self-worth, which is a whole other scenario in life. But Another, also, Another yeah, episode. <laughs> but... L.A. was a time where music was really, truly the center of it was what got me through. Like, that's how I got onto Kendrick. That's how Mm -hmm. I got onto Anderson Pac. Like, you know, all these like random, random things, you know, like I feel like I I just kind of hit a wall, honestly. Mm -hmm. I hit a Mm -hmm. wall and, you know, everybody knows that. I mean, I came to New York to visit one time. Um, you know, after I'd moved there, because I'd been back to kick it with the car and stuff. But, you know, I feel like I went to Arlene's with you and was like, that's, <laughs> that's it. This is what I've yeah. been missing, you know? Yeah. So it's just kind of like figuring out the holes and being like, what could fill those? Oh, right. Like all the people that I love, great music, great community, mm-hmm. an understanding of self and changing it up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which... Sort of brings me to, because obviously it's such a, um, like, you know, it's, it's very much a lifeline for us, you know. Um, so I feel that music is such a lifeline for us. And now we're in this space um, of COVID and we were, you know, both of us are particularly in places in our careers where we were trying to do things for ourselves work for ourselves and we were finally gaining momentum Mm -hmm. you know like we sort of like toughed it out for a couple years before we finally had a year where like you know yeah like all of your clients were like kind of yeah working you know what I mean I felt like I was kind of working like you know it wasn't where I know that it I will get to but it was it was getting there so and I, even at the top of the year, we had, you know, yeah, we, we were setting ourselves up for success. Oh, yeah. You know? this Yeah. Summer would have been <laughs> good couple, you know. Yeah. You know, so I think, you know, I just I think it's important for us to talk about COVID, you know, and the fact that we're not playing. Mm. There, there are, are no, no shows. shows. <laughs> All right. None. Which sucks so bad. But then also what's crazy is that there are shows. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, now, you know, we're in a different place than in March. Or, right. Or even in July. Yeah. You know, yeah. now it's. I think there are some things that are going on that are like dope and that we can figure out safely. We also have like a lot of things going on because yeah. we're like moving this week. And right. All, you know, all so it's tough. But like, I don't know. I feel like. You know, those venues that are live streaming. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of hard because when I ask people if they watch live streams, most people are like, not really. Right. Right. Unless it's like, honestly, like somebody, you know, we've taken a couple chances on some live streams I and know. paid the bread and we were looking at each other like, this mm, is whack. Yeah. That was kind of a, yeah. at all it. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and it's different from the beginning where it was a whole bunch of Zoom boxes all together. Like, we're actually talking now where people are in a venue, no audience, them and the crew, and mm-hmm. it's actually like a live show. Right. And you low-key, if it's done well enough or if the artist is incredible, mm-hmm. you know, you do feel like you're there. It's not right. the same. Right, right, but, right. you know, and then what you were saying, you know, we were kind of discussing, okay, like, now that you, there are some of these random shows, like... What do you do ethically to prepare for to yeah. take those gigs? Yeah, or the bigger problem, which is the people who are creating these spaces for themselves, which is yeah. like as musicians, we're used to that. Yeah, you know, you ain't got no gigs, make some gigs. Like we're used to that. But there are people that I'm seeing now, you know, mm-hmm. that are taking it upon themselves to like, you know, create these spaces for people, and it's just a little nerve wracking because. Some people aren't, you know, being as ethical, you know, and they're having indoor shows and there are lots of people and, you know, people don't have masks on. and You know, exactly. Even if they're outdoor, are they like, do we have any health protocols? Any safety protocols? Right. And to be reality, the reality here is none of us, unless you are, none of us are trained healthcare professionals right so right. whatever we think we're doing or a little squirt squirt of hand sanitizer when you come in <laughs> that i mean shit after you smoke seven blunts right and you touched all the co- solo cups <laughs> exactly. and you played some with somebody else's sticks yeah and the microphone ain't got no shit on it yeah and then everybody ain't using their they don't have their mask on yep. when you're doing anything it's mm-hmm. a lot to think about yeah. to be able to put you a know. space and do a show right and include right. people you know right so it's like you have to figure out ethically what you're cool with yeah. you know what i mean like you you know, I play with a seven piece group if I if I if if I get paid enough. Right. You know what I mean? I'm pay- I'm playing with seven people. I already have to think like that's seven people who is seven different, you know, what situation are we gonna be in? And like, mm-hmm. you know, I wanna come to the studio, everyone gonna have their mask on. Like these things that you have to yeah. think about now. Like a triple think. You can't even just think once. You really gotta yeah. think about it because you gotta think about who you're gonna see. Your family, right? Who you're around, right? That's the thing. Is like you know the th- you know with COVID is like it doesn't end after that time. You're not like oh we were all fine and like we're fine. Right. It's like you know you don't know what you have. You go back to you know what I mean. Your roommate or your friends yeah. or your mom or mm-hmm. your great you know. So it just that is a little tricky to deal with, especially at a time that we're all like needing music so much. Yeah, totally. And we're also mentally exhausted having to think about this and it also feels you know right now in a lot of ways feels like every not even just musician every uh performer every artist out for themselves kind of vibe like Mm -hmm. you know like i guess cool if you're lucky enough to figure out getting unemployment right then great but it does you know it doesn't seem like people are really um trying to find ways except for the artist you know trying to find ways to make sure that the arts continues, yeah. right? We've got to sign these positions and trying to get people to listen yeah. to us. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it, that has been particularly tough. And you we're know? sitting in the middle of kind of like, a, um, you know, going back to like how New York was when we first experienced the shutdown. Mm-hmm. Right now we're sitting in a, we're still dealing with COVID. There are still cases, mm-hmm. but there isn't a lockdown. Right. You know? And so the difference there, it's like, you feel like you can go out and do things. Yeah. And it doesn't really feel like it did in the beginning because we were talking about that. The mm-hmm. beginning was like mm-hmm. a different world. Oh, yeah. In New York. Couldn't do anything. Nothing. And yeah. there was no one on the streets. Mm-hmm. 
at least yeah like so forget a show that yeah. was you know what i it mean forget happening. a show it's hard enough to just take out your instrument and want to play hard enough for people Absolutely. to want to get up and out of bed right exactly. at that time you know that was like that was i know really hard on a lot of people oh yeah because can you think about like how am i going to inspire the world today right that's right. a hard that's a hard hard thing to swallow right. yeah you know and then it's also just we have to as artists i think it's just important to be able to keep your mind open enough. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, I feel like certain things people are always going to spend money on. People will always want some sort of entertainment. Yeah. Same way people are always going to want liquor. Yeah, right. (laughs) There are certain like businesses, like, you know what I mean? So what is it that we can do to make it as enjoyable, you know? And it's what's crazy. It's been so many months now. We're obviously still trying to figure it out. It took me that many months to just feel like a sane human. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, I'm j- kind of just now getting into that space of like, all right, so now we got to put out these videos. Right. Blah, blah, what are the, the next, studio. next steps and possibilities? Where can we go right. from here? What's the up? Right. Because we got to figure, yeah. you know, I mean, we've been trying to figure it yeah. out, but we got to figure it out. Yeah. I think there's emphasis on recorded music now, yeah. of course. You know what I mean? Hell just yeah. like putting like, you know, recorded video if you can have not a zillion people. Yeah. You know, man. and then like people are trying to change what they these shows look like. Right. Mm-hmm. Weren't you telling me about a concert? There last night about the bubbles. Yeah. Yeah. Because the Flaming Lips were on a late night show and they had, you know, they performed their whole band in one bubble. Now they're actually taking over an arena. They're going to be there for a couple months to figure out how they can actually perform and the audience be in their own bubbles. Like each party's in a bubble. There can only be a hundred bubbles. They all have to be socially distanced. Mm-hmm. So we're talking like an arena that can hold thousands and thousands right. now is only you're only utilizing right. the bottom floor that what's that called you know what i'm talking yeah, about yeah yeah i know sure. um the ground floor right and the mosh pit area you know <laughs> and it's like in my head i'm like wow you know that actually seems really dope but what are we gonna do when people have to pee right what are we gonna do if people have to pee what are we talking about? Drinks? There has to be concessions. All these spots have been closed. Right. So they're going to be wanting to have to make money somehow. Yeah. yeah. You know, what are we going to do? We were saying, do you think they'll have service at each bubble? You know? And yeah. then like, shit, if you're seeing like the Flaming Lips or even another band, like let's say it's somebody bigger. Like what if Stevie Wonder wanted to do a show? Right. The tickets? If there's oh only a hundred of them? They're going to be so fucking oh, yeah. crazy. Going to concerts will be now, it'll just be, it was already kind of a rich mm-hmm. person thing. Right. I, there are still concert tickets that I'm like, I'm not paying them, bro. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I love me some music. I'll spend some bread, but like, yeah. you know what I mean? So it's just, it's, there's so much to think about yeah. when it comes to this. I think in general, regardless, when it, when we're talking about COVID, everyone in every situation has had to be open and be able to like, you know, what we'll move around the roadblocks yep. we're talking about so much, right? And yeah, as opposed definitely. to thinking, oh, sh- it's there's You're a roadblock, off. and damn, I can't do yeah. anything. And that's not the, you know what I mean? There's so many people making it work, yeah, right now. People putting up streams, you know, musicians making T-shirt companies and all kinds of, you yeah. know, people are just trying to figure out how to make their money and and how totally. to make it happen. So I think we need to do that when it comes to figuring out, you know. How to get the gigs, get the clients yeah. playing. Exactly. You know and what I a, mean? It's a different time because, you know, like we'd be, hell yeah, let's get us a really dope club deal or let's do this. Like we have these shows, you know, if people people book a gig and they actually want to play 
let's say a room that has 250 people, you know, most likely half the gigs in the city, if not more, are based on how many people come through the door. Mm -hmm. And that would be like a door deal gig where the band's going to receive a percentage of the door. Well, if now you think about it's indoors, which means by CDC and all this shit, we got to cut capacity. So it's no longer 250 people. Maybe it's 25. Right. Well, if you think about a band getting a percentage of only 25 tickets. Right. That's not even even if the tickets are more expensive, it's you literally know, they're not gonna. It's yeah. There's it's, no. There's not gonna be income in that right. for for a minute, if ever. Right. So the fact is, is that everything has to change. Everything. Maybe door deals never worked anyways. Right. I agree. And maybe maybe there's a new way, a new kind of vibe that we can right. bring to like, you know, tapping into some different. Different sets of income or right. different streams of income. Uh-huh. What these new gigs are looking like. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's cool though. To there are cool things about being in this space of of you know just um, I guess being in this place where you know that you can be a part of the change, right? Yeah. Like we automatically see something that doesn't work. Yeah, totally. Which is you know that's kind of like half the battle of like creating things that are successful is right. like if people feel like they need them we see we're we literally see these holes so i you know i don't know i encourage musicians or people who are in these like performing industries um to just really continue to think that way and yeah. do their part because i think you know i think artists will change the world you know absolutely um so you know music is obviously incredibly healing yeah Clearly, that's why this episode exists. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, because we and, had to talk about it. Right. And we have to make sure that it uh, continues on. Yeah. So my my next, my next uh, or I guess the next we should talk about my favorite part of the show. Well. Which is. Which is. Album time. If you don't know, now you know, folks. <laughs> album time. Album what do we got, Nick? Time. What do we got for the music episode? Today we're gonna talk about one of uh one of my favorite artists who I think is is incredibly healing um when it comes to the music that they make. We're gonna talk about Michelle and Cello. There's Hello, folks. an incredible, incredible record that like I don't know. I think this was also one of my like music school finds. Like probably had I not gotten really, really into music, I wouldn't understand this record as much. I completely. You know what I mean? But Dance of the Infidel by Michelle and Degio Cello. If you don't know, get hit folks. It's it's incredible. I think one of my favorite things, the reason we chose this for the music episode, um, is that it it's incredibly musical. It it feels to me like music that um, is genreless. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and it just came from the heart and went on the, you know, went, went down, which was so cool. And then also there are so many different artists that are on that record. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, you know, because there's like Kenny Garrett's on there. And right. I'm, you know, like I'm And Michelle's sure- just such a beast in general, like from the multi-instrumentalist vibe to the you know, including the bass, just killing that shit to literally the vocals on every record that she's ever been on. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. And it's just always so creative. It always feels, yeah, it always feels, I don't know. To me, it it is um, 
representative representative of feeling completely representative of, of feeling and feelings that you can't even really describe or put to word mm-hmm. michelle does a great job of putting down and that so that we can hear it audibly and it's like you know and just as a record in general like the amount of people on this record we got uh, you know just we oliver like mino sanello ron blake matthew garrison orin coltrane cassandra Ooh. wilson layla hathaway yeah. jack d Jeanette, mm. you know what i mean kenny garrett like there are just so many people on this record um so it's just really just a collection of just like incredible musicians making incredible music so check it out if you have not yet, check it out. Hell check yeah. it out. Yeah. Check it out. Check, check, check <laughs> it out. Yes. And regardless, regardless, I know it's a hard time, you know, but say it again. Yeah. It's a tough time right now, but you know, we have to continue to get through and to, and you know, and to enjoy music. And if we know we care about it, we got to make it happen. Have to. And regardless, we'll figure it out. We'll y'all. figure it out, folks. Yes. You heard it here. Have a great night. Yes. We will figure it out.